Welcome to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. I am also the co-founder of Path 11 Productions. And aside from podcasting, we also make great films and documentaries, which can be found at path11productions.com. We have a special promo code just for our podcast listeners. The promo code is PATH11PODCAST, and if you go to our website, PATH11PRODUCTIONS.COM, and visit our shop page, put that promo code in, and you will receive 50% off of our Evolution DVD, which is the third film in our PATH Trilogy series. If you would like to become a sponsor of the PATH11 Podcast, please email me at info at PATH11PRODUCTIONS.COM. And now for this week's show. Today I am joined with Nancy Byrne, and she is the author of a new book called Choices. Byrne majored in psychology at the University of Colorado, Denver, for both graduate and undergraduate. She's worked for an adolescent psychiatric treatment hospital, a woman in need of group support program, a rape crisis center, a major police department as director of a victim services unit, and several high-risk shelters for adolescents. Nancy is a spiritual psychic reader and channeler for the prestigious American Association of Psychics. She graduated from the Aspen Program for Psychic Development with certification in psychic development, spirit mediumship, medical intuition, Reiki master teacher, and is an astrologer. Nancy believes that everyone possesses innate psychic abilities, which can improve the quality of life by providing guidance, keeping them safe, and helping to make the right decisions, choices as they navigate through this life. Nancy also states that it is her soul's desire to give back to the universe and to serve by assisting others on their life's journey. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you and I have a lot in common just in regards uh, to some of the work that we've both done in the field of psychology. Um, you know, I worked at a inpatient psychiatric hospital, a rape crisis center, never in the police department, which would be really cool, but I've worked with at-risk adolescents. Um, I went for my Reiki master teacher, medical intuition. I've taken some psychic development courses, so it was kind of fun in reading about you. I was like, gosh, we have so much in common. <laughs> um yeah. So it sounds like you've had quite the journey. Yes, I have. It's been very interesting. And um, and I'm still learning. I think when we're perfected, we leave the planet. So um, sometimes people, um, sometimes when you you have a radio show or you're on a radio show or you have written a book or something, people um, think you have it all together. And in reality, I don't think any of us have it all together. I think we're all working, you know, towards becoming um, who we really are. Yeah, I would agree. And I'd like you to take our listeners just through a little bit of your history, because I find it kind of fascinating for myself how I really started off, um, you know, in life and in my career with, you know, therapy and counseling. And as I'm moving into more of the holistic studies and intuition and, you know, Reiki, medical intuition, I realize that a lot of my therapy sessions are more channeled now than really being um, like clinical psychotherapy of how my mind was working more in my twenties and thirties. So I'd kind of like to hear from you what your journey was like in moving into that field of help, you know, the helping psychology field and now working as, you know, a psychic reader and a spiritualist. I think the two of them are 
fairly um, closely related, actually, except that one is your, um, you know, you're listening to the source and one you're kind of um, it's theory and um, reading what other people have discovered for themselves. I, in many of the um, presentations that I do, I know that um, I would say that probably a third of the audience are psychologists or psychiatrists or something. It's, it's really surprises me because they come up afterwards and, and tell me that about their journey and that they would like to get into the more holistic Avenue because um their hands are kind of pretty much tied in psychology. And there are a lot of rules and you know that you're required to documentation and all this stuff. So um, I, it's really interesting that so many, so many therapists um, are now into um, into the metaphysical, the spiritual realm, whatever um, you want to call it. I always had certain things that I, you know. Um, would know about people, and I didn't know how that was happening. And so I, um, I went to the Aspen School for Psychic Development just, I think, to get more confidence. And um, the thing is that I, I feel like no matter how much training you get, no matter how much experience you've had, no matter how wonderful everyone says you are, um, we as human beings always seem to doubt our abilities or um, feel uncomfortable or think we're not good enough. And I've met that. I've encountered that with so, so many people. Um, there's this quick little verse I wanted to read, and um, and I, then I kind of wanted to go into this a little bit, but it's uh, supposedly from St. Augustine, and it says, Men go forth to wonder at the heights of mountains, the huge waves of the sea, the broad flow of the rivers, the vast courses of the stars, and they pass themselves without wondering. And that's something that really piques my curiosity is we always think we're lacking, we're not good enough, we're not pretty enough, we're not smart enough, um, we don't have good enough personalities. If we would stop and just think about the miracles that we all are, we would blow ourselves away. If we would quit chastising ourselves and belittling ourselves and criticizing ourselves over everything we do. And, you know, for me, I came from a, a really abusive um, um, childhood. And I was always told that I was unlovable and no one would love me. And, and you let some of those things into your spirit and they're not true. I think if the source, the divine God, spirit, whatever name you have for this amazing, you know, source that we're part of, you know, we how could we never be enough? We're everything. We're we're really miracles, and uh, we kind of run around looking for answers, and and we all want that magic pill, that instant perfection. That magic pill we've all been looking for forever and ever and ever, it's already in us. We can stop searching. We have it all, everything we need to live happy, prosperous, fulfilling, healthy lives. And we just don't really realize it. For so many years, I, um, you know, I was seeking answers all over the place and never realized that 
I and I alone have the answers for my life anyway, not for everyone else's, but for mine. Um, you know, we're the only ones that have lived in our lives. We we know what our needs are, what our desires are, what what our faults are, and we're the only ones that really have the answers. Even when you go into therapy and talk to a therapist, they really only know what you're telling them and, and work from that information. And But with being um, a psychic and, and a medical intuitive and being able to connect with that greater source, boy, people don't have to tell you. You can get right to the nitty-gritty and you know exactly what's going on with them. So that's a huge difference. Yeah, and can you tell our our listeners what the inspiration was behind this new book that you wrote called Choices? Well, Spirit told me to write a book, and I um, I didn't think anybody would w- want to read anything I had to say. And um, Spirit said that um, my life's experiences could help many because there are so many out there that think they're all alone, and. Um, you know, are, are fearful and that the book could give them hope and encouragement. And um, it really was, it, I really can't take credit for writing the book because it was all done through automatic writing. And I just typed it out and submitted it to the um, to Balboa Press to get it published. But um, I think if I would have written the book, it, people would have been suicidal. I mean, literally jumping off cliffs. It was, I, I, um, I had, started to just dabble with the chapter one time because a girlfriend had told me that I have so many experiences I should write a book and I wrote this chapter and it was doom and gloom and oh poor pitiful pearl and it was even entitled something's missing and I think it's me and choices is really really upbeat uh, in some places it's tongue-in-cheek so spirit has a very good sense of humor people have commented on you know the the great sense of humor and um each less each chapter has a different lesson, a different um, kind of targets a different area of things we all go through in life. It's um, it really is a pretty helpful. I, I, since I didn't write it, I can say this. I think it's a really really good book. Um, but um, now, in retrospect, um, you know, you just keep growing, and I think it was. Um, it, it was a primer to start out, just kind of lay down some foundations and um, and go from there. And I, I, I feel like I'm going to be writing another book um, that gets more to the meat of things. Now, you mentioned automatic writing. Can you describe what automatic writing is, what that process is? How does one go through that and actually get these channeled messages? So so people can understand when you say, I didn't actually write the book, uh, what that means. Well, you know, when you see a therapist and they ask you to journal, and it's just connecting with your inner self, your inner guidance, and you just let your mind go blank and you just start writing. And it it feels very uncomfortable initially because you just think, well, this is crazy. How can I be, you know, and, uh, but it's the same thing. Automatic is the same thing. As a therapist, you call it journaling. And as a psychic, you refer to it as automatic writing. I write letters to spirit. Um, You know, dear spirit, um, please tell me such and such and such and ask them specific 
questions or if I have clients ask them specific questions, but it's always for their highest good and greatest joy. And I, um, it still blows me away, April, um, the things that you can, I mean, somebody can be on a, the other side of the world and you know exactly what's going on in their life. And it's just, it's really, um, at first it was kind of scary to me <laughs> that I could do this. I thought, my God, I'm invading other people's privacy. But um, whenever someone is looking for the answers, spirit is always there and wants to provide the answers. If you have questions and you ask, you you really shall receive. I, that's, I think that's all there is to it. Spirit wants to give you all the desires of your heart and 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 whenever you do have a desire in your heart i believe that that was put there by spirit and so you have also been given every single thing you need to fulfill that desire everything you're not um and also another thing i really want to mention is that spirit does not test us so many people say that, you know, they're being tested. They're being, you know, rung through the ringer. And, you know, spirit doesn't test you. Almighty God, spirit, the source, the divine, whatever name you want to call this source, already knows everything and already knows what you're capable of and what you're not capable of. You're not going to be given a challenge or an obstacle that, you can't overcome and then you lose all confidence in yourself it may not seem like it at the time and it usually doesn't for me but what we're usually get what we're really being given is a tremendous opportunity for personal growth and personal empowerment when you think an obstacle is insurmountable when you're terrified to do something and you just take that chance and do it anyway and you succeed, your confidence soars, not only in yourself, but in spirit. And um, I know that my greatest lessons and my greatest accomplishments were things that I was terrified, just absolutely terrified to do. Um, for instance, I live on beautiful Whidbey Island. It's paradise. And um I am terrified. I have been terrified of water. Um, as a small child, my dad tried to drown me, and I can still remember trying to breathe in, breathe air and get water. And um, I never even heard of this place. And I was going to see a massage therapist, and she invited me and my husband to come and stay with her. And she said she'd have a book signing. Well, the bells in my head went off. I was so excited. Somebody's going to have a book signing for me. Wow, this is great. I didn't even hear the word island. So I went home and talked to my husband about it. And he said, uh, he's really well-traveled. I'm not. That he'd heard it was a beautiful place, and he'd never, but he'd never been here. He's been to Seattle, but he's never been to Whidbey Island. And um, he had the vacation time, so yeah, let's go. So we booked tickets, and um, three days before we were supposed to come, uh, Michelle called and said, I'm really sorry, Nancy, but I can't have a book signing for you. Um, Matt's being transferred. We have to get our house in Parker ready to sell. And um, we're going to be moving to Whidbey permanently. She said, but I just, I love your energy and I would love to have it in my house. We don't have to be there. Come and get the key and I will give you the code to get in. 
Well, I was really bummed. I just, the only reason I was going to come was because of the book signing, and I wanted to cancel, but Phil said, the tickets, the plane tickets are non-refundable, Nancy. So we came, and um, honestly, April, when we got to the ferry line, I almost had a full-blown panic attack. I was just, no, no, I'm not getting on that boat, honey, no, let's drive, let's, he said, Nancy, it's an island, there's no other way onto the island, but on the boat, there we found out since that there is another way, but it's equally as um, terrifying. Um, and I just, no, I'm not getting on that boat, Phil. And he said, Nancy, we don't have reservations at any hotel. It's, it's tourist season. You know, let's just go and enjoy it. So we got on the boat, and I, my fingernail marks are still in the upholstery of that rental car. And we came, and I ruined the whole trip because all I could think about was getting back on that darn boat to get home. So I just sat on the balcony of her house and that was it. And then um, on the way, when we got back home, I was just furious with spirit. I felt deceived and and misled and, you know, I was really disappointed. So I did another automatic writing and I said, you know, dear spirit, you're almighty God, you know everything. Why did you have Michelle invite me to come to this island when you knew she wasn't going to have a book signing for me. And Spirit said, I had Michelle invite you to go to Whidbey Island because you're going to be moving there, Nancy. And I want you to move by the end of the summer. And I thought, that me, there's no way I'm moving to an island. This is ridiculous. But then I started having dreams about being on the island. And um, one of the dreams I had was I was swimming below the ocean, kind of along the ocean floor with a little um, blowfish and a great white shark. And it was so beautiful and serene and peaceful. And I could literally breathe underwater in my dream. It was just like I didn't want that dream to end. Um, so I got up and wrote another letter to Spirit. And I said, I don't, you know, I don't know how I could have been so wrong, but I thought you said you wanted me to move to Whidbey Island. And um, I know that's not going to happen. And Spirit said, Nancy, you still need to learn to trust and to let go. And you will flourish on the island, and our book will flourish there. And I want you to be there by the end of the summer. Well, it had been, it was the end of June when we came the first time. So I told Phil, and he said, I'm not moving. He said, we have a little ranch. We had five acres. Our animals loved it there. I had planted every tree by myself. And I created this little Heidi secret garden. It was so neat. And uh, I couldn't believe I said this because I, but I, I said, well, I'm learning to trust in in God and not in man. And if that's what I'm supposed to do, that's what I'm going to do. And Phil said, really? You'd move without me? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, I won't stand in your way. So um, by the end of the summer, we were here. We came back and another trip across the ferry and found a home and then went back home and um, put our house on the market and moved here. <laughs> we were here September 3rd, two years ago. Wow. Wow. Well, I think that's a great story, too, to not let kind of your fears really dictate your life and moving through them. Because, you know, as you face that and listen to spirit, now look at where you're living on such a beautiful, a beautiful island. Right. And the thing is that we 
think we have all the answers, and we do if we just listen and pay attention. But, you know, spirit knows more than we do what's best for us. And um, we don't, sometimes we have problems trusting spirit. We have problems trusting ourselves. We have problems trusting other people. And we do. Most most of us live fear-based lives um, a lot. And that's just, you know, fear is the absence of trust. And you can't have both in your life. That's what Spirit has told me. You can't have both fear and trust. And so you have to pick one. Might as well pick the one that's going to be more exciting. <laughs> Yeah. And in your book, Choices, it's the chapter called Only the Lonely. This is kind of a nice segue into that where your, you know, spirit, I guess, is really encouraging the reader, um, you know, to not be that victim, to know that you have the power to change your life. And I was wondering if you'd like to speak about that, because this is the example that you just gave is a bit of what was written in this chapter of this book. Yeah, um, I'm trying to find out where it's at, but um, um that's the thing. We just we run around like, you know, rats in a maze, trying to find um, the answers and, and and looking up to other people for answers. And we have got them all ourselves. You know, we just we always think somebody knows better than we do, um, and and they don't. I um, we had um, well, one example is. Um, my, I was married once before, and my ex and I had gone skiing, and um, anyhow, with another couple from, we belong to this um, Pentecostal speaking in tongues, you know, um, prophesying church, and it was a, a really kind of a horrible day. The It was gloomy, visibility was poor, and it was really difficult to see where you were going, and um, at Towards the end of the day, Linda said, Nancy, let's go get a cup of hot chocolate and let the guys take one last run. And my ex said, no way. We paid a lot of money for these tickets and we're going to take the last run. So, And I was a really good skier. I used to ski black diamonds and uh, we weren't even on a black diamond course. And um, I, um, I hit a piece of black ice and I crashed. And... Um, I mean, it was really bad. My whole face looked like I'd been beat up. You know, I had like rug burns and everything. And um, and my knee, I, Tim, my ex thought I was going to have to be taken down in one of those, you know, I call them body bags. But um, uh, I scooted down on my rear end. Well, the next year, you'd have thought I would have learned my lesson. We were on the exact same slope with the exact same couple and the exact same thing happened. Linda wanted to go down to the lodge and have a cup of hot chocolate, and I told him, and he said, no, you know, we've got to get more bang for our money. We've paid a lot of money for these tickets, and my spirit guides were literally screaming at me to get off of that mountain, and I said, no, look what happened last year. I hurt my leg, and he said, don't be ridiculous. That's not going to happen two times in a row. So I went on one last ride because run because I didn't want to get in an argument on front of other elders from the church because I didn't think that was appropriate for elders to argue. <laughs> and um, this time I ended up getting carried down on a body bag. I, if you would have seen me, I executed the most amazing, beautiful flip. You would have thought I was at the Olympics, honestly. Except that I landed on my face, and. Uh, 
I couldn't I couldn't walk every time I tried to move my knee went out of the socket and um, that's what we do we don't listen to our own inner guidance we listen to everyone else around us and we to our detriment and that's happened time and time again when I worked at the police department this really sweet lady came in and she said that you know, she came, she felt she could trust me because people in the community said that I really cared about everyone. And um, she needed me to take her to the hospital because she thought her neck was broken. I was like, oh my God, I'll get an ambulance. And she said, no, no, you can't tell anyone. My husband will kill me and he will kill the kids if I ever reported him. She said, I just, I just need help getting into the hospital because I think he broke my neck. So... I'm driving her in my car, and I'm trying to talk to her and say, you know, I can, I can get you in a shelter. I can, I've got certificates. I can put you in a in a hotel room, and get you back to your family. And she was like, No, it will bring dishonor to my family. And I said, You've got, You can't stay with him, you know. And can't you go back to your parents? And she said, No, it would bring dishonor to my family. And she had two little girls, so I took her in to the emergency room and they had her on the stretcher and we were holding each other's hands and she was thanking me. She said, you have been like a sister to me. She said, you, you are the, you have shown me more kindness than anybody I've ever met. And at that moment, I had a flash of her lying on these stairs with her face down on the ground in a puddle of blood. And I looked away real quick and I know she knew because she let go of my hand and it was very polite. After that, she said, thank you for bringing me here. And you know what, April? About four weeks later, about six weeks later, that's exactly what happened. We found her on the ground. He'd killed her. And so by not listening to her inner guidance, and maybe that was her contract and what she needed to do for her, you know, for her well-being, but she ended up not only losing her own life, but she was trying to protect her children and the honor of her family. And her kids were going to lose not only their mother, but their father. And I don't know what was going to happen to their kids. We really, really need to listen to our own inner guides because sometimes literally we are taken out in a body bag. And we our lives are gifts from God. And we need to take these gifts and make the most of them. I, we honestly, we we can move mountains, and literally, we literally can move mountains if we knew all that is within us. We are, you know. There's this verse. I went to Bible college, so this is all I know. Um, I'm not trying to prophesize or anything, but there's a verse that says, "All these things that I do, and more shall ye do," and it's true. When we lived in Elizabeth, I um, there was a little a family of little kids that lived cat a corner to us, and I'll I know we're getting short on time, so I'll hurry. But anyhow, their dad had put up a trampoline for them, and he'd cemented it in in he'd put it in cement because we had really high winds. We even had um, tornadoes in Colorado. And one day I was standing there. We were having a huge storm. It was lightning, thundering, and it was just the wind was howling. And I heard this big crash. It was their trampoline that had blown into the back of our yard, even with cementing and stone and everything. And I looked out the window, and there are these two little girls, two and four, 
out in this lightning storm picking up poles from their trampoline. And I was just, oh, my God. And I called their home, and there was no answer. So I got in the car and went over and asked them, what are you doing outside? You know, get in the house. And the older one, the little one's crying, and she's like, oh, Twimple, we woke down. Oh, Daddy going to be so sad. And I told him to get in the house. The little one's got her hand on her hip. She's, I'm not her mother. She's not going to mind me. And I said, listen, you could get hurt out here. I will pick up the the poles from your trampoline just get in the house and don't come out they had said their mom was visiting a neighbor don't come back out until your mom gets home so I think the bigger one was actually relieved and they went in the house and I picked up the poles and went back home suddenly it started hailing and within just a matter of minutes we had a foot and a half of like kind of golf ball sized balls on our back deck. And I look out and there are those two little girls again. And I just thought they were going to be killed. And without even thinking, I just screamed, I command you to stop this storm now. And it stopped. And I was like, oh, do, 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 do. Um, this is just a coincidence. It'll stop, start up again pretty soon. And it didn't. And then I'm, I respectfully thank you for stopping this storm. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, who am I to command the hand of God? And Spirit said, Nancy, you are the hand of God. You are all the hand of God. I need you just as much as you need me. I'm a spirit. No one listens to spirit. No one listens to each other, much less a spirit. If I were to build an orphanage in the middle of the desert overnight, people would think it was some evil spirit and tear it down. If a man, if a human being were to build an orphanage, it would stand. You can do more things in this physical world than I can, and I need you. And when you think about that, what tremendous miracles we are, I just don't know how we could ever doubt ourselves. Well, thank you, Nancy, so much for sharing all of these stories. I think a lot of people do heal through stories. Um, and, that you know, you've shared some, some great miracles and great tragedy in, in those as well. And I think the big takeaway is really, you know, listening to that to that spirit within us and remembering who we are, which is divine love and perfection. And you do a lot of wonderful things on your website. You give spiritual readings and classes. Um, people can purchase the book choices on your website. And uh, if anyone would like to get a hold of Nancy, her website is choices-nlb.com. And um, thank you so much, Nancy, for being a guest on our show. And I also love the, the cover of your book here, you know, after hearing the story of your fear of water, and there's this woman, I'm assuming that's you, with a rainbow by the water. <laughs> no, that's my daughter-in-law. Actually. Oh, she does. Okay. <laughs> but still, it's a good, it's a good metaphor, you know, in kind of talking, showing a little bit and knowing a little bit about your background and that fear of water and seeing the word choices over a woman just kind of loving, loving the sea there. Uh, I think it's a great metaphor. Yeah, Spirit told me I had to have a rainbow on the cover of the book. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Nancy, for all that you do and wish you a lot of luck with uh, the sales on your book. Well, thank you, April. 
If you want more information about our films, visit our website, path11productions.com, to purchase DVDs or to rent and stream each film. You can also find our trilogy of films on iTunes, Amazon Prime, and Gaia.com. You can still use our smartphone app for both Android and iPhones. Just search for Path 11 in the Google Play App Store, or if on an iPhone, look for Path 11 in the iOS App Store. Catch you next time. Thank you.